1: Hey, you're hooked into AEW Unrestricted, the official podcast of All Elite Wrestling. Tony Schiavone, along with my longtime close personal friend, long time, Aubrey <laughs> Edwards. Aubrey I forgot I'm supposed to
2: say my name. <laughs> like I'm waiting for you to do it, and then you introduce me. Like. There's a point where I will learn how this works, like a year
1: later. Then I can do it like this. My longtime close personal friend, Aubrey Edwards. Hi, Aubrey. There
2: we go. Thank you. Nice. Yeah. Tony <laughs> is here, too, to help my my faults and uh, where I suck. He makes me look good.
1: Oh, Jesus! So. stop that.
2: <laughs> Aw, Tony. We are happy we have here to, today, Tony?
1: We are happy to have with us Serena Deeb, who is the current, as we are recording this, NWA Women's Champion and uh, it is really, really great to have Serena with us. Serena, how are you today?
0: Thank you so much. I'm doing awesome. I'm really glad to be with both of you. You guys are some of the nicest people I've ever met. Both of you.
1: Well, that, I mean, let me say this: that you are the nicest person I've ever met. So for you to say <laughs> that means a if lot. If Tony because, didn't
2: say it, I was going to say it. It's like go ahead, she's say just it. like a. Yeah. Beacon of light, like anytime she walks in the room, it's
0: just like, oh, Serena's here. I feel calm and at peace. Thank you so much. That means a lot to me.
2: I don't know how much of that is uh, you or the yoga instructor or combination of the two. Like, <laughs> I think it all kind of blends into one. But I know that, blends uh, in. yeah, I know the female locker room definitely appreciates having you around. Just just your positivity is very infectious. All right. Thank you we've so got, much. We've got a giant list of accolades. So I'm going to run through this real quick. Uh, One time queen of FCW, one time GLCW ladies champion, one time MCW champion, six time OVW women's champion, one time NWA France women's champion. And then you've been in PWI top 50 a couple times. In 2009, you were number 40. In 2010, you were number 30. And in 2011, you were number 16. And as Tony mentioned, you are the current NWA women's world champion
1: quite accomplished.
0: thank you for that. <laughs> I forgot about some of those, to be honest with you.
1: Yeah, Serena, we talked so much about the NWA women's title having a historic value meaning to it. Uh, talk about what does having that title and the history behind it mean to you?
0: Oh, uh, man. I mean, it's, it's an honor. That goes without saying. You know, the NWA is historically speaking one of, if not the most important um, promotion in, in wrestling and it goes back so far and the the people that have wrestled for the NWA over the years are the biggest names in wrestling and people that I just have so much respect for and people that I grew up idolizing and, you know, even the list of women that have held, held the women's championship is just incredible. And, you know, it's an honor, the fact that this year has been just a whirlwind of, I went from coaching to not knowing what was happening in my life for several months to getting back in the ring. And now being NWA champion is is a big accolade in my life, both personally and professionally.
2: So when did you learn that you were going to be facing Thunder Rosa for the title?
0: 48 hours beforehand. Ah, wrestling. <laughs> wrestling. Yes, exactly. Yeah, it was really, really last minute.
1: You know, you mentioned coming to AEW. um, talk about signing with AEW and how you were approached and how all that, um, how all that came about.
0: Sure. Well, the, Uh, the match with Thunder and Rosa from dynamite, like I said, that was um, brought to my attention about 48 hours beforehand. I think it was that Monday before the Wednesday taping. And it was just a simple, you know, are you, are you prepared for this? Is this something that you're interested in? And, you know, of course, the answer was yes. So came in, did the match and, didn't really have any expectations i just you know wanted to have an awesome match you know make her look incredible heading into the pay-per-view against Sheeta, and um it went really really well very positive feedback from you know management from fans all of the above and everybody yeah you know it was it was really it was really cool to see the response to that especially after you know not having wrestled for so long and just from there it was like okay you know, I was asked to come back to the next set of tapings. And at the next set of tapings is when I was officially offered something. And it was, you know, less than a week later, we, you know, made it final. And I knew from that first taping that I wanted to be a a part of it. I just had such a positive experience. And, you know, just the way it all the way it all turned out was I I couldn't have asked for, you know, a better story.
2: You had mentioned that you hadn't really wrestled a bit prior to showing up to Dynamite. I think the last time you had wrestled prior to that was the inaugural Mae Young Classic? Yes. Damn. Uh, So that was (laughs) 2017, just to kind of put numbers to it. But were you worried about returning to the ring after being gone for that long?
0: I was definitely nervous. I mean, the last time I was regularly wrestling was 2015, and then I was out for two years, came back and did those two matches for the May Young Classic. So it wasn't much. So it was, you know, it was almost five years that, you know, since I had regularly wrestled. So I was, I was really nervous. Um, I was worried about, you know, keeping up. Wrestling has, has changed and evolved a lot in that time. And, you know, the yeah, other was, I put a lot of pressure on myself for that match,
1: yeah, understand, understandably so. I wanted to ask you about this. We mentioned that, uh, and we mentioned that you have been a yoga instructor, a yoga teacher. Talk about that, and um, uh, Serena, talk about what got you interested in doing that.
0: Sure. Well, I started practicing yoga in, I think it was around 2011, and it was, it was something I always wanted to try, but just wasn't pulling the trigger, and then there was a hot yoga studio in town running a special, and I decided to go. And then what happened was I ended up going back for 30 consecutive days and doing my first 30 day challenge. And I, it was intense in the, you know, in hot yoga, the room is heated to 105 degrees. So, you know, you are drenched. I mean, it's like you just walked out of a pool when you finish class. Um, but the way my body felt at the end of that 30 days was was just like, I, it felt like I had a new body. And at that time, my, you know, physically was hurting a lot from wrestling and it just, you know, I, I felt such a difference. And then the longer I practiced, the more I started seeing the mental changes. And I think beyond the physical, the mental is what really attracted me to keep going, so, um, you know, I just decided that I wanted to study it deeper and I did my first yoga teacher training in 2013 and then I did my second one 2019 so a year ago is when I finished up and beyond the teaching certification anytime you do a, a yoga teacher training you just you you learn it so much deeper and, you know, it goes beyond what just going to class can do for you. So it really it really opened me up to a lot of different elements. And, you know, I, I go through phases with my yoga where sometimes I'm practicing every day, sometimes I'm not practicing at all, but um, I can say physically and mentally speaking, it's done, it's done a lot for me in my life.
2: I absolutely agree. I always tell other referees if there's anything that they could be doing to help uh, in ring work, especially now with the pandemic and so few people working, Yoga is the number one thing that I mentioned, just from an injury prevention standpoint, like opening up your body and just kind of calming yourself and all these things. And I'm just so happy that it's getting more attention, I think, from more an athletic standpoint rather than like the hippy-dippy chakras aligned side of it. Um, Yeah. So yeah, super great. You had said, I think on Instagram about Rip Rogers, that he's a coach that will change your life and make you love your sport on another level. So how did you originally get connected with him and start training?
0: Yeah. Oh, thanks for going back to that one. I know. (laughs) I remember the, that moment taking that picture with him and I am forever indebted to Rip Rogers. I think in my personal opinion, I think he's the best coach in the whole sport. I, you know, I, I knew I wanted to go to wrestling school. And when I was when I was in high school, I started doing all this research of, okay, you know, where can I go? What are the reputable schools? And and what's a realistic path? And I decided that OVW is really where I wanted to be. And so, you know, I started doing all my research and contacting the school and, you know, just inquiring about the programs. And, you know, basically I, I graduated high school, turned 18 and moved to Louisville and started training. I was going to college at the same time. So I was coupling that, you know, my education with going to OVW, you know, seven days a week, pretty much with, from training to shows to TV and all that. And Rip was the coach of the intermediate class there. So there were like three levels. And I remember being when I was in the beginner class and I knew that I was probably close to graduating to his class. I was so scared. I was so, so scared every single day. I was like, I almost didn't want to go because he was really intimidating. And, you know, he, it was hard to earn his respect and especially as a woman. So, you know, I started in his class and I mean, I, I kind of became like his prize student, just the person that like he would show me off when certain people would come to class. And, you know, like this is a female that is doing, can do it. And, you know, he was really proud of me over time. And um, we just grew such a strong relationship to the point where I still talk to him all the time. You know, we text a lot. I check in on him and I always make sure to tell him how grateful I am, you know, even though he he's, he is funny with receiving those types of emotions and those type of sentiments. He'll usually, you know, send like a joke right back. But I always make sure to tell him because, you know, those people that come along in your life, they need to know you need to express your gratitude to them often.
1: Yeah, I I agree with all of that. You do need to express your gratitude to people who were important in your life and helped you along the way. You said you You checked about getting into wrestling and you decided that OVW was the place to be. What initially got you interested in pro wrestling, Serena?
0: I grew up a huge tomboy. So, you know, I had all guy friends. Yeah. (laughs) Right. I think that's why we click. so well. That is. Yeah, probably. Right. Right? (laughs) Yeah, I had I didn't you know, I didn't want to hang out with the girls. I, I always hung out with the boys. I was a huge athlete. We just played sports and played outside constantly. And my all my guy friends were really into wrestling. You know, it was the Attitude Era. So the whole world was into wrestling. Sure. And so I was about 11, 12 when I started. I, I remember like being by the pool with the guys all sum- this one summer and all they could talk about was wrestling, right? the next pay-per-view, the next match that they're looking forward to, all of that. And I used to mock them and tease them, like, what is this fake stuff you guys are into? You know? <laughs> <laughs> and, like, <laughs> right? And then, yeah, right. Um, and I gave it a chance one night and watched one of the pay per views with them. And I mean, I was hooked. Like, I, I became obsessed immediately. It was all I talked about. You know, you can ask my mom, like, it was all I talked about, all I thought about. And then, you know, as the years went on, like, this was about middle school for me. And then, you know, transitioning into high school, a lot of kids at that time were starting to get out of wrestling a little bit, like maybe growing out of it. And I think maybe my parents were waiting to see like, okay, is she, is she serious about this wrestling school thing or is she going to kind of grow out of it? And I just continued getting more and more obsessed. And, um, you know, so everybody else was kind of dropping off and I was just like, boom, just the obsession was growing and. So, yeah, by the age of 16, I I knew, like, I was going to go to wrestling school. It was just a matter of logistics, you know, where it was going to be. You had
2: mentioned uh, a little bit in your last story that you were going to college the same time you were going to classes at OVW. What were you studying?
0: Uh, communications. It was, you know, I, to be honest with you, I just picked a major. It was like picking something out of a hat, you know. I feel like
2: communications is the one that people are like, oh, I just need a college degree. Let's just do
1: this one.
0: (laughs) Absolutely. It was like general. It was, (laughs) you know. What what is Tony's face for? (laughs)
1: Because I have a degree in communications. And I wanted it. I'm not saying that's bad. (laughs) I know. I'm kidding.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it was simple for me. And there were so many moments where, I mean, I was pretty checked out of my school part of it. Like I would go to campus and do my thing. And, but I, I just, I couldn't wait to get to practice that night. And, you know, I was as much as I made a deal with my dad. I told, you know, he said, if you want to go to wrestling school, like you have to get your degree. And that's pretty much what it was.
1: (laughs) We're talking with Serena D about Serena. You mentioned that, that, uh, that Rip Rogers was and has been a big part of your training, a big part of your life and helped you immensely uh, on many levels. Is there a, still one big lesson you remember from him that still applies to you today while you're in AEW or hmm. while you're performing? I know that's kind of a, that He probably taught you thousands of things.
0: Yeah. Um, that's a really good question. Uh, honestly, I think Rip, what Rip really imparted on me was to have was to have a sense of humor about things. Because, you know, the business can be hard and challenging sometimes. And, you know, Rip always just had us all laughing. And but he, he always told us, these are going to be the best days of your not just your career, but these these days training here are going to be the best when you look back are going to be the best days of your life. And he was absolutely right. Wow,
2: wonderful. This is AEW Unrestricted, Tony and Aubrey talking to Serena Deeb. This is AEW Unrestricted. We're talking to Serena Deeb. And I know for a bit, uh, you were actually a coach at WWE earlier in the year. Talk about the circumstances kind of around your departure.
0: Yeah, well, it was pandemic related. You know, I remember the day when a lot of... There were a lot of people from producers to coaches to talent that all got the call. And I mean, it just is what it is. It's, it was a sign of the times of, you know, just needing to cut back. And I mean, I just said this, you know, the other day, amongst the women that it was probably the best thing that ever happened to me losing my job. Um, Because, you know, maybe this probably would not be happening right now. And, you know, so that, I don't even look back on that with any type of negative feelings or anything like it's, it is purely positive for me.
1: Well, you, you posted a very positive message on Instagram about that. So you took a positive attitude from the get go with that, right?
0: Yeah, I certainly tried to, I mean, you know, anytime you go through something like that, there's going to be waves of emotions. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, I, I experienced all of it, you know, I approached it trying to be really positive. And then of course I had different varying emotions following that. And, you know, but I, I had a real, you know, as cliche as it is the whole, everything happens for a reason thing. I had a, a big feeling that that's exactly what it was. And I, I just know one of the lessons that I've learned in my life is that you might not see it at the time, but if you look back, you can see it. You could see why something was really good for you even if it was hard or painful. So that's like, I mean, it's it's a textbook example of that, something that was a little bit challenging at times. But when when I look back, you know, I'm just so happy.
2: <laughs> that's awesome. How did you actually end up being a coach at WWE?
0: Well, I had stopped wrestling in 2015. And I had moved to California. And I was, you know, just I stepped away um, at the time I was really burnt out on the business and I thought, you know, I thought I might want to move my life in a different direction. And then in 2017, I was contacted by WWE and they asked me if I would, you know, we're doing this tournament. It's the inaugural May Young Classic. Um, we're bringing women from all over the world as you know, I know, I know you haven't been in the ring for a couple of years, but would you want to do it? But the, you know, bringing me into Russell for the tournament, they made me aware that they were thinking about me as a coach, even before the tournament. And I think just wanted to bring me in check and see if it was a good fit, you know, if I vibed at the PC and in that climate. And um, so I came into Russell, those couple matches, knowing that it was realistically a coaching tryout. And, you know, it went really well. And, um, I came back a couple more times just for a week here, a week there, and it seemed to be a really good fit. So, yeah.
1: Yeah. How, how is it being a, a coach at the performance center to describe that, that experience?
0: Yeah. I mean, you know, I absolutely love coaching. You know, I, I feel like I was really lucky to have some of the best training at OVW and even FCW a little bit later down the road. And, um, so it was, it was really cool to be a coach and kind of repeat the same, you know, just teach the same lessons that were taught to me. I could hear Rip Rogers' voice in my head all the time, Al Snow, Danny Davis, you know, I I could hear them as I'm coaching and that was really cool and kind of full circle getting to carry on, you know, the, the values and beliefs that were taught to me. And I learned a lot and, you know, it was like, it was an interesting dynamic going from Being a wrestler who, you know, as a wrestler, things, you know, you could be relatively selfish. You have to think about yourself, your own career, you know, all these things related to you. And then when I was coaching, it was like back there, I had to, I was responsible for now all these women. And from a physical standpoint, keeping them safe in the ring, from a mental and emotional standpoint, keeping them sane, keeping them positive, keeping them encouraged in a climate where that, you know, is hard, is hard to do. So I learned a lot about other people. I love helping people. And I, I see myself eventually coaching, you know, down the line or continuing to kind of put tidbits of it here and there, because it's something I really enjoy. And I'd like to do, you know, potentially do more seminars and things like that because coaching really resonates with me.
2: I like that you mention the mental and emotional side of coaching and teaching. I think that's really valuable because a lot of people just see teaching as like, or coaching as like, I'm going to tell you how to do something and you're going to do it. But it's more than just that. It's the the coaches that we remember are the ones that have kind of affected who we are as people and have made a massive, like you, you talk about that with Rip Rogers, like, and I think that's just Absolutely incredible and a way to really promote what we need out of coaches in this industry. And I think understanding the mental and emotional factors of it as well, more than just like the physical, I think that's really awesome. Thank you. So while you were at WWE, I think it was July 2019, you actually got to go to China with them for a good 10 day tour. And I know you've done some time in Japan as well. We'll probably end up talking about that.
0: But what was China like?
2: And do you have any particular memories from that trip?
0: I fell in love with China. We went over there for a four day tryout. And then I actually asked my boss if, if I could stay um, and cash in some vacation days afterwards after we finished up. So I was over there for for 10 days, the, the latter four or five days of which I was just over there adventuring by myself. You know, I booked a hotel room and Um, in the middle of Shanghai and I just, just explored the city and it was amazing. It was such a cool city. Shanghai is somewhere I really recommend people go because it's like, there's all these different neighborhoods where it's like huge high rises, really industrial city. And then right around the corner, there's a little temple and there's somebody praying. And it's just like the, it's so polarizing. There's so many different elements going on and the food was amazing. I just, yeah i i had such an amazing time i would love to go back and i think next time i'd like to check out the great wall in beijing and um yeah i think asia is just beautiful i love the culture uh i love the people i love the food all of it
1: serena talk about uh being in japan and your experiences there and uh and how you like being in japan
0: japan's my favorite country in the world um I really look forward to this pandemic clearing, lifting, what have you, so I can go back there. I went to Japan seven times. The first time I went... (laughs) My eyes
2: got really wide.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, it's really cool. I'm really honored that I got to go there so many times. And I went, it was right after um, I had been at WWE the first time and I you know, I Japanese wrestling and the technical aspect of it really resonated with me. And I I really wanted to go and then Tajiri gave me an opportunity to come over and do a couple matches. It was kind of like a tryout match, see if see if my style works and everything there. And those went really well. And he just kept bringing me back. And, you know, I went back for his company smash, I went back five times and then Smash folded, he started another company, WNC, and I went back for them a couple times. And uh, I loved working for Tajiri. He is so funny. He's like one of the funniest human beings and just really creative. And I learned a lot from him. And um, I thought his companies were so different in Japan. And there was like, they were really entertaining. And um, I had an amazing time. And that's where I really, you know, I, my, I click with that style and I think the fans there are just so incredible and you, it's hard, you know, you don't even know what they're going to react to sometimes. So it's, it's really a challenge to adapt and go out there and be in the moment and see what's working and, you know, what's not. So it was, it was a great learning experience for me.
1: Is there something about that style that you, uh, you say you clicked with something that, uh, can you describe what you, what clicked with you? The strong style, what was it? Uh,
0: I think just the, the technical aspects really clicked with me. And, you know, like I said, just listening to what they react to, they, they would react to, you know, you could, you could do all this crazy stuff and they wouldn't react, but then you could do something so simple, like a headlock takeover and they would react. And, you know, it's just really, really respect wrestling as a sport. And, that was a joy to be in front of audiences like that.
2: Do you have any particular matches that stand out to you?
0: Yeah, a couple actually. There's a there's a girl in Japan, Shuri, who Shida is best friends with actually, and she's amazing. She's uh, my last match in Japan was with her, and then I think my first one as well. So kind of full circle. Like you know we we worked really well together, and then um, who we now know as Asuka, who went by Kana at the time. I think my favorite match in Japan was with, was with Asuka, and that was at Corican Hall, which is like just this amazing place to wrestle in Tokyo, and yeah.
1: We're talking with Serena Deeb on AEW Unrestricted, Tony Schiavone and Alway Everett's, and it's time to get to the fan questions.
0: Nice.
2: This is AEW Unrestricted, Aubrey and Tony talking to Serena Deeb. We're at my favorite part of the podcast where we try to pronounce people's names on Twitter and ask fan questions that we've facilitated. (laughs) It's always the best. I always feel like super embarrassed, but also like it pushes me. I don't know. So first question we have from Squeezebox Woman on Twitter. Pandemic notwithstanding, would you have left WWE on your own volition?
0: Ooh. To be honest with you... That is a deep one. I, I've thought a lot about that too. Um, I, I think the answer is no. Really? Yeah. Is it just more the
2: you enjoyed teaching, or you did you feel? Because I know that we've talked about this a little bit. Like you kind of realizing, like I'm done with wrestling at this point, and I'm comfortable walking away. Like, why would you say no?
0: I think I just was really I was embracing that chapter. You know, it, it seemed like. I was following the path of what seemed right in my life, you know, and, you know, when I was offered the coaching job, it, it felt really right. And I thought, well, I had, you know, I got to do a lot in this business more than a lot of people. And, you know, maybe it's, I felt like it might be more of my time to give back in that way. So it was just, a, for me, it was just a matter of kind of following the path. And, you know, the path seemed like maybe that was right for me at that time. If
1: that makes sense. Sure. Oh, 100%. All Elite Fair on Twitter wants to know, what are a few signs or feelings that pique your interest when you see a new female wrestling talent on her way up, just learning the sport? For example, how she carries herself, how she introduced herself in the ring. What are some of the things you look for?
0: I think, you know, for me, a big thing is attention to detail. There's a lot of little details in wrestling that I think people miss. So if I'm watching some if I'm watching another woman and I see that she's doing these little things whether it's little pieces of selling you know feeding how how they move around the ring and position themselves that's a big one for me is how somebody gets around the ring and relocates in a natural and organic way and yeah absolutely how they carry themselves a lot of that for me also is pacing and timing those are all really, really important elements.
2: Damn. Yeah, no, really, really good answer. Uh Drew on the beat on Twitter. Uh, who do you see as the fastest rising star in our women's division?
0: Ooh. I'm tempted to say Britt Baker. Oh, no, screw her. <laughs> I think <laughs> <laughs> She's I <a> think me. <laughs> <laughs> I definitely think, from like a character standpoint and personality standpoint, um, I've seen the most growth in her. She's really coming to her own with with what she's portraying right now, and she seems really confident with it. And so, yeah, um, I think Penelope Ford has a lot of potential as well.
1: Sam Nerdy, our star Nerdy, that is Star Nerdy. See, I told you Twitter. it's hard.
2: It's hard <laughs> pronouncing these names. Yeah,
1: yeah, <laughs> it's, it's hard to pronouncing. Uh, Being able to see what is the difference between Sam and Star. Have you done, (laughs) says Star, uh, Serena, a yoga session for the AEW roster? If not, if you did a yoga class for the AEW roster, what would it focus on?
0: Ooh, The answer is no, I have not yet. Uh, It's something that's been brought up to me by several of the women. And I think that that would be really cool to do that at some point. I think I would focus on definitely a calming practice because I think as wrestlers we are very like stimulated and from you know the actual activity of wrestling and all the stuff that goes into that to social media to life we're all going 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 so much so I think pulling everybody back and slowing it down would be important to focus on breathing and um, probably from a physical standpoint I would work on upper back and neck because yeah as, as wrestlers we're very like all of that is a little off
2: <laughs> yeah i'm like that and i don't even bump jesus i would love that
1: <laughs> yeah you need to breathe i can tell you that a lot ah. and relax.
2: <laughs> yeah no I, I need to relax i'm too uptight I gotta stick up yep. my butt uh super demon boy on twitter serena mentioned a sense of personal growth upon your initial retirement In what ways do you feel you've continued to grow over since returning? Namaste.
0: Ooh, namaste. That's a great question. I would say just, I think I've stepped into the role of responsibility a lot over the past few years and and what that means in both wrestling and life to be um, somebody that I believe in leading by example and not with your words. So... I try to work really hard, whether that's, I watch wrestling every single day. You know, Tony, I asked you a few questions about WCW over the past couple sure. months. I watch wrestling every day and I'm not exaggerating. I study it. I still practice. I still train. I get in the ring. I go to the gym almost every single day. I try to take care of my body. I try to take care of my mind. And um, for me, it's important to set an example like that for especially younger females, because it's really easy to get wrapped up and, you know, focused on, I don't want to say the wrong things, but just, just outward focus. And over the years, I've really learned how to inward focus and, you know, take inventory of myself and what am I doing? Well, what do I need work in? What do I need growth in? And I try to stay really honest with myself and, you know, not have an ego, like just where, where I need growth is where I need growth. And there's, you know, I can check myself and stay humble and and try to always make sure that I'm I'm just moving upwards. So I'm not sure if that answered the question, but I guess just leadership, you know, no, that's, leadership. Good. that's a good answer.
1: Yeah, it is. I'm, I'm going to help you out here, Aubrey. I'm going to skip the next one and go to the next one because of the very difficult last name. Yes. OK, <laughs> Eddie Veller, pop, Barbara. Haba, haba, haba.
2: There you go. That's, that <laughs> yeah. sounds very accurate. Eddie to wants to
1: know, me. and this is from Twitter, <laughs> Serena. How was the experience working with CN Punk? Uh, share some favorite moments from the Straight Edge Society experience.
0: Great question, um, Eddie. And you know, it was, <laughs> <laughs> it was, uh, you know, a learning experience uh, working with somebody like Punk, who's very. He has a very strong personality and he has very strong beliefs. So he will fight for those beliefs until the day he dies and he will not apologize for it. I think that's what got him really far in wrestling and gave him a lot of success. Not only that, but you know, that's a quality that I think really worked for him. He would speak up and he would speak his mind. And if he didn't like something, he would communicate that. And there were several times when he didn't like something and it was changed. You know, so I learned a lot from him just in terms of confidence. He's somebody who I really admire in that, in that realm. I think favorite moments, I mean, obviously doing WrestleMania, you know, we Punk wrestled Rey Mysterio and one of my favorite, actually probably my favorite moment um, the entire time managing was in that match when Punk was on the ropes, ready to take the 619 and Rey hit the ropes and I hopped up on the apron and, there were seventy two thousand people there. I was in Phoenix and I mean the booze, like I literally on across my back, I like felt these Ooh. booze like just standing on there on the apron, this little five foot four girl in this huge stadium and um the people were so mad in that moment and it was just an awesome feeling. Damn. So I think that was probably well, <laughs> top. Go, go ahead. I
1: was just getting ready to say I was going to inject here that uh if people really know you, they would never boo you. So you did a good job of of, of turning Seriously. the people against you. There,
2: that's, <laughs> that's a good right. heel.
1: Yeah, that's that's like, the sign of a great heel. A person who's a very very good, lovable person, and she gets booed or he gets booed. So, oh, so good, good job on that.
0: Thank yeah. you so much, Tony. Question from
2: Classico Joe. Thanks for skipping that and let me have that one, Tony. <laughs> okay. Uh, <laughs> who do you look forward to defending the title against most?
0: Ooh, well, I can't wait to get in the ring with Sheeta. That's a match I really look forward to. Uh, like I mentioned, Penelope's somebody that I definitely have my eye on. I think she's somebody that could be really incredible. And Britt Baker is a definite on that list. Like I said, Britt, you know, she's—I admire how much she's worked on who she is and how much she's grown and evolved over the past year. And um. I think that would be a cool dynamic. Brits Brits a definite. And then in terms of I mean, everybody that's stuck overseas, Rio, all the, you know, all the Japanese girls, I look forward to those matches as well very much.
1: Okay, this is from Joey Romero. This is kind of a follow up from Eddie's question. Were you paid extra money to shave your head when you were the straight edge society?
0: I was given a bonus. <laughs> <laughs> the
1: answer ah, there is yes. Go. There you go. Okay.
2: There we go. That's all we needed to know. I actually had no need. idea that that was you in the straight edge society. I was reading through the notes and I'm like, what the fuck? And I like Googled it. I'm like, oh my God, you look so great with a shaved head. Like, Thank I, you. You. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I get that a lot um, on social media. I'm often tagged in people having that realization that it's the same person. And just, you know, there's a lot of surprise yeah. No, it's it's incredible. Uh, Purge192 on Twitter.
2: Uh, would love to hear your thoughts on intergender wrestling.
0: Intergender wrestling is really interesting to me. Um, I never really did it. You know, I never really got into that too much. But I know there were some real s- successful teams in that mix over the years. Um, and I think it, it has the potential to be really amazing for storytelling and you can you know just the male female dynamic in wrestling is really interesting and there's a lot to play on so i think it's really cool i just you know i don't have a lot of personal experience in that i've done mixed tags here and there over the years but that's about it
1: uh nick fox wants to know this is a pretty deep question here serena so think about this if you could go back in time what's the one piece of advice serena would tell her younger self when she first got into pro wrestling
0: be patient And listen. Those
1: are good ones. Okay. That's a good answer.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Just simple, but
2: direct and absolutely correct. Kid Icarus on Twitter. Who's on your personal Mount Rushmore of wrestling?
0: Bret Hart. Mr. Perfect. Shawn Michaels. Eddie Guerrero. Damn. That's a good list.
1: That's a hell of a list. Yeah. 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 Great answer.
0: There's some honorable mentions, too. I got it. Dean Malenko is on there as well. Uh,
1: the next question comes from Mr. Tony Shivani on Twitter. If you could stretch <laughs> Dean Malenko for me, would you?
0: <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Anything for you, Tony.
1: <laughs> Thank you very much. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. Now, this is uh, Thomas McCauley on Twitter who said, uh, Serena, you made a significant change in your physical appearance. Reasons why, how you feel now, how did, did you get any flack from the fans?
0: Yeah, I think we're I think I'm thinking about what he means. Um I know, I didn't get any flack. It was I feel amazing now. It was, you know, one of the best decisions I ever made and yeah, it was a for me like the decision I remember, you know, when I decided back in the day to get plastic surgery, like it was purely professional based. It it had I didn't have any interest in doing it on a personal level but the business, the business was what it was at the time. And, you know, I was, I was straight up told that it probably wouldn't have a chance if I were not to, if I were to not do it. And, you know, the proof is in the pudding. Like I, I got surgery and then within six months was hired by WWE. So just was what it was, you know, but I didn't like it. I didn't like the image of it for me personally. It just didn't. It wasn't a fit. So, yeah, for me, it was a it was a professional decision to do it. It was a very personal decision to to reverse it.
2: Damn. Yeah. It's 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 interesting to hear stories like that, because I don't think you're the only one who's mentioned that sort of thing. But to hear how much the industry has changed now that. You don't necessarily need to make yourself look a certain way in order to be successful. Like you can be successful as you, especially at a place like AEW, like we want people who look different. So, yeah. I don't know. I think it's a really good decision. It's very powerful. Yeah. I agree. So, Kobe of the Dark Order, which women from the indie scene would you like to see in AEW?
0: Ooh. If I'm being honest, I I'm a little bit out of touch with the indie scene right now. I, you know, I haven't really haven't done much outside of NWA um, since the pandemic. So I, I think I need to educate myself a little bit more, you know, and hopefully when things start running again, I would love to go out and, you know, see who might be a good fit, whether it's going and working with different women, going to different shows, but yeah, I don't, I don't have much awareness on that at the moment.
1: You know, I always thought, uh, Serena, and see what you think about this, that When, if and when we get back to any sort of normalcy and they're running independent shows and we can go to them, I think it would be cool to be a talent scout just to go over the country and and take a look at independent wrestlers, both male and female, to see if they would fit in, you know?
0: Absolutely. I've always actually, you know, fantasized about the idea of being a coach player where I can go wrestle and I can, you know, because it... With wrestling, you have to you have to experience feeling somebody in the ring like in order to like you can watch people all day but when you move around with somebody that's I think that's how you really know. And I would love to take on that role sometime of being a coach player and going around and experiencing different people.
2: I just want to say that this interview has kind of made me consider skipping yoga today cuz I feel very <laughs> centered and at peace. And I mean, we kind of, we kind of, I don't know how Tony feels, but we kind of touched on a little bit, like you're just such a calming presence. And I wanted to thank you for being here today. This was really
0: great. Thank you guys so much. I've been looking forward to this. And like I said, I think the world of you both really thank you for your time.
1: Thank you. You're the best. You Uh, you can uh, follow Serena on Twitter and Instagram at Serena Deeb and subscribe to our podcast for... For free, free. Yeah, uh, thank you very much. Wherever you get your podcast, you can also check out the video of this podcast on YouTube. Just search AEW Unrestricted. And
2: and of course, tune into to Dynamite every Wednesday, eight o'clock, seven Central on TNT. I'm Aubrey Edwards,
1: and I'm Tony Shivani. When you see Serena Deeb on TV, you'll know. Gosh, that's one of the nicest people in the world. The
2: nicest. <laughs> yes. Thank you so much, you guys. So much for listening.
1: Yeah, to AEW Unrestricted.
2: Woohoo!